and we are live conversations with the J Sam. So we're back with episode 16 and I think at 16, pretty sure we're on 16 born. That's how you thought of uh, they, they say there's some dragons down all the time. Know your numbers. That's how um, episode 16 it is what I'm right. Um, <laughs> numbers are not my favorite thing. I'm right <laughs> with you. <laughs> um, so what I what do I know about Bon? So be more Bon is the 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 tagline I, I see a lot. Bon's got her own day-to-day -day struggles and day-to-day -day wins that she has. She's moved into as an occupation being in the fitness industry. And I think you say fit for life is your tag yeah. tagline for that. But also you've had a weight loss journey that's involved running, some walking, just sometimes with your own um day-to-day -day, um illness, I think is is right yeah. word that, that there's good days and there's bad days. Yeah. The you've what else have you done? Um, I'd say you've done you've done a lot, and I'm really interested to find out you know all about what what your journey's been like for for weight loss, where you were at the start, what what kind of prompted that, um, and just just find out a bit more about you because yeah. I, I love all the colours and everything that you put out on Facebook, <laughs> and it's it, I love it's very positive. You're following you on Facebook and Instagram is very positive. Um, and which is interesting out. that's interesting because do you know what the biggest band i loved in my late teens early 20s was radiohead and you, you know already also that i'm a bit of a muse fan so the fact that you think i'm really positive is great <laughs> 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 two of the most depressing bands in the industry so, in but, history but i'm still positive but both brilliant bands <laughs> oh yes musically brilliant yeah, yeah but, um tom york is uh a strange fellow of matter ones and uh yeah he, you need to be very interesting individual yeah he is very sees the world very differently i think yes very much so yeah a lot of very very talented people do they have a very yeah. different take on things yeah and very they can be quite although they're very extrovert in the artistic sense they can be very introvert yeah yeah um, yeah, personally but it's not about tom york it's all about no you. it's not it's about <laughs> me piss <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. off tom <laughs> <laughs> um, so what yeah what's the what's the story as they say what's where did you start I, what's going on so i guess my weight loss journey overall started like 20 odd years ago um when i actually thought i was fat but probably wasn't um, and from there I did many, like literally I cannot name a diet I haven't done over the years. Um, so all of the big name ones, you imagine them, I've done them. Um, and the weird ones, things like putting cayenne pepper with lemon juice and that's all you drink. And just an aloe vera. I just can't, I, some of them, I just look back and think, what were you thinking? But I did them all. And at the end of those, I did that for like 20 years. And at the end of that, I was actually 13 stone heavier than I was at the start. So um, I reached a point where in 2018, we, we fostered for many years. And one of the children that came to live with us um, needed a permanent placement along with his baby sister. And we were offered the, to adopt the children. And we decided that was what we really wanted to do. Um, he was an amazing child. Um, and so we were going through that whole process and we got towards the final court date. 
And in the final month of everything, the social worker took a dislike to me and it was specifically about my weight. Um, and she would come out over and she would say to me, I don't think they're going to let you adopt because you're too fat. She was very, um, she didn't have a filter, shall we say. Um, so that was very difficult, but I didn't think anything of it. And when the final court date came, the court guardian had been to see us. So that's the children's legal representative. And she had said, we're really excited. Um, the parents of the children were really excited. They had learning disabilities. So it wasn't that they weren't, they didn't love the children. It was that they, they really needed um, support with their relationship with their children. So we were excited because, um, so I'm quite passionate about learning disabilities. I grew up with an aunt who had a severe learning disability and my grandmother refused to give her up. So this was in the fifties um, when children were institutionalized. And my aunt went on to represent us in the Special Olympics in running and swimming. She was like Forrest Gump, you'd have to stop her to get to race. Um, and she had the most amazing life. So learning disability is something I'm quite passionate about. So we wanted to be able to provide the children with a safe home but also have a good relationship with their parents as they grew up. Because from my background, not having a birth family around, um, I know how important understanding where you come from is part of your identity. So we were super excited about the whole thing. Came to the final court date and this social worker, um, she managed to get her all in. And at the final court date, we were denied. And one of the big reasons was my weight. So it was a massive, massive blow. I mean, at the time I was 23 stone, so I wasn't light. Um, but I didn't feel that impacted my ability to show a child love or to show them how to have a good relationship with their parents. But obviously different local authorities have different rules. And unfortunately for us, ours is very strict about weight. Um, they wanted me to join Slimming World um, so that I could then um, remain a foster carer instead. Um, and I actually decided that if I wasn't good enough to adopt, there was no way I was gonna do Slimming World and still take care of children. So I made a difficult decision to no longer foster or go for adoption. But I decided I wanted to change my weight for myself. Um, and I got quite low and I started kind of looking um, on Instagram at different, but it was all keto and all the rest of it. And I was really quite in a, in a dark place. And I was scrolling one day and I came across this big smiley face that was just so happy because she'd just won this competition and she'd done a 12 week thing and she was so, so happy and she'd come so far and it was Layla. And so I started looking at, well, how did Layla do this? Because Layla looked so happy. And um, I have to say since then, Layla and I have met, I adore Layla to pieces, but I just, it wasn't that she was skinny and it wasn't any of that. It was just the happiness that was in her face made me want to know how. And that was how I found James because it was the James Smith Academy that she'd just done her challenge in. And I started consuming his content and within a short while, I understood that I didn't need to do these stupid diets that I'd done to myself over the years. Um, so it all suddenly became very clear. And during that time, so for uh, quite a few years through my work as an artist, I've raised funds for the men's mental health charity, Calm. Um, I've lost friends by suicide over the years and we lost one of our early foster children by suicide. Um, and I just understand, you know, the importance of, of that charity and what they do um, and they knew what we were going through with the adoption um, and they were given an extra um, London Marathon place um, and they knew that for many years because of my own struggles with my bone disease that a marathon was something I'd always said I wanted to do so I'm very fortunate that one of my good friends is actually a GB marathon runner um, and so I just rang her and said look 
Karma said I could have this place. Do you think I should go for it? And she said yes. Um, and she'll say even now, because at that point I could only run six miles <laughs> and there was only 13 weeks to go. Um, but she says now, she said yes, because she knew that even if I didn't hit the finish line, the focus of preparing for that over those coming months was going to help me be mentally stronger because at that point I was in a really dark place. So I took on the marathon place and I joined James Smith Academy. Um, so training for the marathon meant I had to go to the gym. Um, and being in the academy meant suddenly, and it was really weird because within a few days of joining the academy, I actually felt safe to tell people why I was there. So very early on, I was able to say, I've just been through this experience. I'm broken hearted. I don't understand. And I just, I need to be a better person for my fitness and health, just for me. And so that I can be mentally strong enough. Um, and the love, respect and care that I was met with um, just, I, I don't think I'd ever really experienced anything like it other than the people that I'm closest to, um, you know, in day-to-day -day life. And you think that I that just... turning point, then actually being able to share it? Yeah, definitely. I'd never been able to say it because I don't know how many other people go through this, but often you find you're the fat friend and everyone else is quite fit and healthy. <laughs> and so, and, you know, I think a lot of my emotional struggles over the years definitely contributed to my weight because I didn't understand or love myself enough to be able to take care of myself properly. And suddenly I was able to say, guys, this is what's happened and, and I need to do something. And there was no judgment at all. It was just, okay, we're here. And it was just... It was just a complete breath of fresh air. You know, I'd gone to weight loss groups where you sat down every week and said what you'd done wrong or, you know, and, and it was very much focused on food. You know, well, you shouldn't have eaten this. You shouldn't have done this. Um, whereas this, it wasn't that at all. People were celebrating what they'd eaten. You know, there was nothing was a bad thing. Um, and it didn't matter that you weren't running 100 miles a week or it was just everybody's achievements were celebrated for what they were so I just felt at home really quickly um and as I say I've made some friends that I would now consider family for life can't get rid of them um <laughs> but <I'm... laughs> that alcohol shelf behind me was full before I joined JSA no <laughs> that's just locked down yeah, I want my alcohol back <laughs> come on guys um but it was just it was a real turning point because I'd never felt comfortable within a weight loss program I'd always felt I'm not typically someone obviously I have overeaten that's how I'm fat now but it was very much I wasn't some I won't sit down and overeat all the time but it was understanding, you know, that we it is very much a link to how we are emotionally as well, you know, and just actually feeling safe for the first time was a huge change. So unfortunately, um, well, I say unfortunately, at the end of the March, I did um, a half marathon, which I completed. Um, I didn't know that at mile nine, because when you're 23 stone, you really shouldn't run that far. I broke my leg. Um, I had a really nasty stress fracture, which is not a surprise, because if you imagine pounding that much around 13 miles, it's probably not going to do much good. But it then meant that the marathon wasn't going to happen because I only had four weeks to go. Um, but by that point, that didn't actually matter because I'd found somewhere I felt safe and supported. Um, so I then knew that obviously recovery was going to be a tough thing. Um, 
but I knew I'd have to get into a gym. I really hated gyms with a passion. I was so scared of them. Like I had a personal trainer um, about five or six years ago and I'd go for a run with him. But if he asked me to go in the gym and do stuff, I'd be like, oh, I'm really ill today. I wasn't, I just didn't want to go. So it was that I knew was going to be difficult. So I knew I had to find a way to force myself to go. And that was when um, the Bali challenge started. And I was like, if I put my name down for that, I'm going to have to have achieved something by the end because I'm one of them people. If I say I'm going to do something, I've got to do it. And I will purposely say something quite publicly because then I will do it. So that for me was the catalyst to get me in the gym and, and get me to stay in the gym. Um, so I did. And I did. I really enjoyed the Bali Challenge. Um, and during that time, I went in the gym and I did get a personal trainer because I was I, I needed that much support at that time. You know, exercise wasn't something that came naturally. Also, I do have um, a bone disease that means, you know, I'm not always tip top, but I needed someone to push me further. Um, and I, I lacked the confidence to do that for myself. So I took on a personal trainer, um, MJ. Um, and within a few weeks, he sort of said, uh, have you done weightlifting before? And I said, no, don't go to the gym. You know, the only weightlifting I've done is the 13 stone I've carried around for the last 20 years. Um, and he just said, well, you, sh you shouldn't be able to lift this much this quickly. Um, you're quite strong. And then my friend who's a marathon runner said to me, I was having this conversation with her and she said, well, I've just done a panel of women in sport and I met the world's strongest woman. Um, I think you'd be really good at that. And I said, don't be stupid. Um, but as it was, the world's strongest woman, lives, well, she was in 2018 the world's strongest woman and I'm sure she will be next year, lives two miles from my house. Um, so I went and heard her speak about her journey and I could identify with a lot of what she'd been through. Um, we're now friends and she encouraged me to start training as a strong woman. So I did. And in November last year, I competed in my first strong woman. Um, and yeah, just being part of the academy just really helped my confidence. Um, and even in the moments where I doubted myself along the way, there would always be one of the coaches there to give you that little push. Um, and just the people in the group as well. Um, so it just then just kept me going. And now I don't not train, you know, it's a non-negotiable for me. But this year was really interesting because when lockdown hit, obviously the gym's shut. Um, but that also meant that I couldn't leave my house because with my bone disease, I take immunosuppressant drugs, um, a few of them. So for me, COVID is not something I want to get. Um, and I remember talking to Pippa at the start and saying how worried I was about, you know, what would happen to my progress, what would I do? Um, and Andrew and Steve were fantastic and really supportive. Um, and it was a really tough decision, but I actually came off social media for sort of four or five months, um, knowing that the coaches would be there in the app for me. Um, and that was when I realised that I had reached that point where I could train myself. Um, and for me, that was a massive, massive moment because all of that time I'd never been confident in my own ability to take care of myself. And so through my journey with James Smith Academy, I reached that point. Um, I still have MJ, He's not, he now coaches me um, for the sport of strong woman. So I see him once a week for that, but the rest of the time it's me looking after myself. And that's, I never ever thought I'd be in that position at all, ever. You've got your driving license. 
I have. <laughs> <laughs> and I always remember James, uh, watching James speak at the very start and saying for personal trainers and trainers, it is, it's that, you know, once you've passed your test, fuck off. And it just, and it felt quite emotional when I had finished my, my membership at the academy because I was like, it's such a shame. But actually you don't lose any of what you gained in terms of the people that became part of your life at all. And, you know, so uh, obviously for me as well, lockdown was different because I worked as an artist um, and a lot of my work was teaching children um, and children aren't very safe for me to be around due to COVID. Um, and so I had to think long and hard about what I wanted to do because not, no, none of us knew how long this was going to go on for, how it would affect stuff. So um, with a bit of encouragement from Andrew and Steve, actually, um, I qualified as a British weightlifting instructor and then went on to do my strength and conditioning coaching and realised that I want to be able to coach other people too. So, yeah, it's been quite a roller coaster. <laughs> um, so you've not only got your driving licence, you're now a race driver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, basically. <laughs> so so there's a full, full cycle. What... <laughs> What an amazing journey, right? So, you're bone disease. How long have you suffered? So, or, or, yeah, I'm not sure if, if that's the right word, but yeah, how long has, has that been part of your life? So, um, in 2009, I had an accident. I was a trainee restaurant manager for a big restaurant chain. Um, and you can see now on camera, obviously we're on a podcast, so people won't be able to see this, but you can see my face is quite red here. Um, an industrial steamer malfunctioned and it burnt my face, neck and airways. Um, and I was very poorly. Um, I was very, very lucky. Um, and after that started to heal, I started to get where my arms and legs would swell up. And um, also my face. I would just go into anaphylactic shock randomly. Um, in the first year, it was 32 times that I was blue lighted to hospital um, with anaphylactic shock. So we were all kind of like, what's going on? Um, and then within a year, I was struggling to walk. Um, by 2012, I was in a wheelchair and we still couldn't figure out what was going on. Um, I was really, really fortunate that I was under um, some very good hospitals because obviously it wasn't normal. Um, by 2013, I was um, I woke up one morning and I couldn't move my arms or my legs. And when I spoke, I, was a, I wasn't aware at the time, but I was aware by the confusion on my husband's face and the medical team's face that I wasn't using any of the right words. Um, so initially I was worried that I was having a stroke, um, but my body had just got to a point where it couldn't cope with everything that was going on. So it just started shutting down. So I spent a fair few, I think it was about a month in hospital. Um, I was sent home. Um, so I was sent home in a specialist ambulance and basically they'd got a hospital bed ready in my bedroom um, and all the equipment that we needed. So for, I think it was the best part of two, three years, I slept in a separate bed to my husband, but next to him. Um, it was fun at times because it was a hospital bed, so it could go up and down. So I could like place myself in different places for when he woke up just to scare him a little bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and my nieces and nephew loved it because they used to make dens underneath it they'd put it up high onto bon and they'd put like dens underneath um but yeah so for three months um i was stuck in the house because we had to get a stair lift fitted 
um, and there was issues around getting that fitted. So eventually I got out again, um, but I was told you'll probably never walk again. We still don't know what's happening, but your system is not functioning properly. Um, we'll just keep working on a day-to-day -day basis and we'll try and keep you comfortable. Um, so in the April, I had some scans and I knew they were also looking for a slow growing bone cancer because some of the markers that had come up were showing something wasn't right and they just couldn't pinpoint it. So I had five different lots of chemo at that time um, and just kept plodding away. I asked for a frame so that I could transfer myself places, but also because I didn't like the idea of being in a wheelchair. I had stuff to do, but there was a lot of stuff I hadn't yet done that I knew I wanted to do. Um, and I did used to say in every appointment with my consultant, it used to shake his head, he still does now. Um, so when will I run a marathon? And he would just sit there going, not this week, not this week. Um, so we had a break over the summer and they'd said, you know, we'll just manage how it's going. Um, if we need to operate on joints to make you more comfortable, we'll do whatever we need to do. But we can't, there's no name for what's going on. We'll just manage it. Um, we think it's probably that your immune system has um, reacted to the trauma and is attacking your body, but we don't know what we're going to do. So it's a pretty bleak future. Um, I don't quit in life. Um, I came through some, uh, you know, like um, the first 18 years of my life were, were not easy. Um, and I came out into the real world. Um, I didn't enjoy life and I shouldn't be here, but I am. So I decided this was another situation where I wasn't going to quit. So I went and saw my consultant in the October and I remember him getting up um, a, a bone scan on the screen. And I remember looking at it because all of my previous PET scans looked like really pretty Christmas trees, like the colours on them were just fantastic. And this one looked quite normal. And I thought, what an arsehole. Why, why are you showing me that? That's, that's really not fair. And he just looked at me and he said, I don't even know how to say this, but that is your latest scan. And he said, and I have no medical explanation for why you've improved like this, other than that you are headstrong and refuse to give up. Um, and that was the point that I realised that how we feel in ourselves and how we mentally go for stuff really does affect us physically as well. So I said to him, OK, well, this is awesome. Am I going to walk? And he was like, we, we just don't know like it's not something we Straight can to the say point, man. great but am i gonna walk yeah, <laughs> so, yeah what am i walking <laughs> am so, I doing a marathon? <laughs> <laughs> so that was late 2014 um at christmas 2015 i took my first steps no christmas 2014 i took my first steps and they said congratulations you stubborn asshole um but you'll probably not walk that far um and i said oh it's fine i'm gonna run and they said, uh, take the daft. Um, five months later, in May 2015, I ran my first 10K. Um, uh, it was painful. Um, I remember running around the second lap and there was St John's ambulance were following me. I'm sure they knew who I was. <laughs> and I remember one of my friends shouting, how are you doing? And I said, both my legs are numb, but it's fine. <laughs> And I just thought, I'll keep going. And I remember the ambulance then seemed to be following me a bit closer. And I also, this is awful, there were little kids on the route who were all so excited because it was this big race for all the, because it's quite a big race where I live. Um, and they were putting their hands out to be high-fived by runners. And all the runners were so competitive. No one was high-fiving them. So I was like, well, I don't care. I'm going to be last anyway. So I went to high-five them and I got the first two and the third child, I hit him in the face. <laughs> 
<laughs> so there was the crazy lady with the numb legs that just whacked a child in the face. But I remember getting to the finish line. Well, I thought I'd got to the finish line. And I, I went down on all fours because the emotion of what I'd just done hit me. And someone said, that isn't the finish line. It's just up there. So I had to crawl a little bit. <laughs> but I just remember being emotionally just completely spent at that point because I genuinely thought it was something that would never happen. But I then realised I just didn't want to give up. So I haven't. Um, I don't know how many races I've run since then. Um, but last November... Um, I ran the first one that I wasn't last in, um, which was quite an achievement. And there's video of me all over the internet of my husband just shouting, you're not last, and me going, I'm not last. <laughs> um, I probably could have come higher up the ranks in that one, but there was a lady who was behind me who was last, and I felt so bad for her that I didn't want to be too far away because I know what it feels like to be that person at the back and like not be able to see anyone else. Um so yeah, and I did Tough Mudder Half in 2016 after my first spinal surgery. Um, I just, being active just makes you feel so good in, in your head. It's just, there is no alternative for me. Um, Are you a bit like, no, that almost a feeling of um, that nothing will beat you? Yeah, that, it would take a lot. You throw what you've got. I'm, I'm good. I can take it all on. Yeah. I mean, there's moments where I feel scared, like everyone else. When when um, the, when the lockdown first hit earlier this year, I actually um, remember James did a video where he said, well, this is the first time in our lives we'll all, we've all been isolated. And I remember sitting there and going, it's not for some of us. And I remember just everything flooding back about being isolated for the first 18 years of my life. And I did have a moment where I was just like, I don't know if I can do this. But thankfully, Paul Mort did that talk in the group. Do you remember the very, the, the very start yeah. of lockdown? And I was able to ask him a question. And that really settled my mind. And I realised that rather than being this awful thing, um, it was actually an opportunity to work through some of the stuff that still plagued me. I mean, I had PTSD for years. And there were still little things that... I probably just was getting on with day-to-day -day life and not dealing with because it wasn't enough to kind of, do you know what I mean? Oh, you can deal with that. It's fine. It, you know, I've dealt with it for today. We'll leave it till another time. And actually this year has just given me the opportunity to put all those things to bed once and for all and to actually really embrace who being Bon is um, and actually be happy to be me. Um, and it's led me to do some daft stuff. I mean, last so I told you I've been doing this course with Jamie and a couple of weeks ago he said to us all oh the next next zoom call is in December so uh Christmas jumpers on and in my head I just went I'm gonna dress up as the Grinch and then I spent all week going you can't go to a business zoom call dressed as the Grinch and then one of my people on my course messaged me that morning they didn't know what I'd been thinking and said if you don't come as the Grinch today I'll be so disappointed so last Friday, I turned up to a business Zoom meeting, complete face makeup as the Grinch. They didn't know that you'd been thinking about coming to Grinch, but they sent you that message anyway. Yeah. Blimey. It was like and when someone says they're going to be disappointed, I mean, that you've got to do it then, haven't you? Yes, yeah, you do. You don't want them to be disappointed. <laughs> and, what but was I was reaction? saying, oh, his reaction was awesome. It took him a second, and then you see him clock on the camera, and he just starts laughing. And, and it was just, 
and I, I like making people laugh. Um, and I don't, I've, I always say I'm married, so I'm not trying to attract anyone. So I don't really care what people think in that way. So if it makes someone laugh, that makes me happy. Um, and I used to enjoy, like with the children that we looked after over the years, when they were happy, when they were having fun and they just relaxed, that was always the best moment. So I think it just, and this year being able to let go of all that stuff and just enjoy life means now I can do that without thinking twice. So it's been, yeah. So what does, but yeah, when you said you sort of found who Bon is, yeah. and you sort of you understood that a little bit more yourself, what does be more Bon mean to you? Because yeah, I think what it means to other people is never give up, keep going. But what does yeah. it mean to you? I, 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 I don't want to get emotional. It's been, um, it's been the final piece of the puzzle. I really feel it has. Um, those who became my friends that are family through JSA really encouraged me to go for it. And that was um, quite something because I think that really gave me the confidence to just do it. Um, but it means I've come full circle because the bit that I was most upset about two years ago about not being a mum anymore. Um, I'm now mum to fitness children um, and I nurture them in a way I would have done the children that I adopted or fostered. Um, and it, and I'm nurturing them in something that I feel is so important, which is their health and fitness. So it's like a full circle. Um, and it is just about, you know, all progress is progress, even if it's just that you do 10 more steps than you did the day before. That's progress. It's about knowing that it's not, you know, it's not, it doesn't always have to be big wins. You know, I can deadlift 140 kilos but as you've seen on my stories before sometimes I can't even open a fucking cardboard box it's just about those days where you're doing that bit more than you could and just but having fun along the way and just yeah it's um I love that that you've you found a way to have that motherhood in a way yeah it gives you you know a different joy but a similar joy um yeah it allows you to feel you know some of those yeah. emotions and i think uh, i'd say i i know that there are a lot of women in the world who um don't end up having children and it's something i actually was having a conversation with someone yesterday it's something we don't talk about we don't teach young people that it doesn't just happen um, and I know when I was in my 20s and 30s, it was something that made me very miserable because I thought I was less of a woman or, but the universe has a way of finding ways for you to use that talent over time. And as you get a little bit older, you'll realise, I mean, I can go on a trampoline without pissing myself. A lot of my friends that had kids can't do that. Um, and <laughs> I have a nice rack for a 42 year old. Um, you find things like so if there's someone out there now who's maybe joined Dame Smith Academy because they need to lose weight for fertility treatment or whatever it's not the end of the world if it doesn't happen because there is so much to be explored and to be done um, that you will find a way and it will always be painful because you wanted it um, but you will find ways to enjoy life still as well yeah so just another positive way of looking at something that could be seen very negatively and I think you're right I don't think 
women do talk about it. And I was having a conversation with somebody last week and how they feel judged for not having children. Um, and it's often the first question that comes up. You know, yep. um, you know, it's, uh, same for men or whatever, but if you have a business meeting or you meet somebody for the first time that's like, so you married kids? Yes, yeah, yeah. Always. And that's not an easy question sometimes for a man to answer when they no. don't. No. But for a woman, it's you know it's even harder. And yeah, we have that maternal instinct, and and but you guys have your paternal instinct. You know, for my husband, people that are like you've just said, they ask the same question automatically. You got kids, and I just think as a society, we need to think about more than that. Just how is the person? Does it matter if they've got kids? No. Does, does you know it doesn't define them i i respect people who have got children and i adore the children that i know in my life but i also have a lot of respect for some of the people i know that don't have children but are living a good life mm. yeah yeah but it's it i think one of the reasons i identified with james at the start is something he says um and he says it in words better than i ever could these situations they may be shitty but there's opportunity within them and if you look for the opportunity, that's when, when you find the sweet spot. That's so true. Yeah. Um, yeah. There is opportunity in everything. Um, yeah. And it might you might have to spend a long and hard look trying to find it. And you might have to go through some hard times to find it. Yeah. yeah. But if... Um, I think there's... I, I keep thinking of a phrase today when, when you've been talking. It was about... Um, and I can't remember who said it, but if you're going through hell, keep going. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that Winston Churchill, I think? It's someone like that, isn't it? I can't yeah. remember off the top of my head, but it is yeah. true. The best people I know have been through the shittiest stuff. It's, it's making, you know, made of tough stuff, phrases like that, or, you know, but it doesn't mean that... No, None of it's easy. And I think no. like you and you were talking about you've tried all these other diets and you came out worse off. Yeah. yeah. Because you hadn't maybe fixed some of the deeper stuff or you hadn't found a, the the clear information. Nobody said it too clearly. Or you weren't ready to hear it. There's a whole load of of things. Yeah. But you were probably looking for the easy fix. Oh, definitely. And that is one of the things I say to people now is none of us got fat overnight. So it's, there is no quick, easy fix. You've just got to be prepared to stick at it. And over time, you know, I'm still, I'm not at the end of my journey in terms of how much fat I'd like to lose. Um, but that's perfectly fine because the thing that I found um, being in the academy was rather than thinking I needed to be 10 stone or a size 10, I actually found out how to be happy along the way. And that was huge, you know, to change that mindset. I don't care what I weigh anymore. Um, I haven't weighed myself since May. They weigh me at the hospital um, when I go for my treatment, but I'm, I'm, it's not something I think about. As long as I'm in a deficit, training regularly, I don't have to worry, you know. So you wouldn't know how much you'd lost? I do from May, but not to now. And I know it's more now because I have continued on, obviously. Um, so up till May, I'd lost over 120 pounds. I dropped from a size 26. I'm now a size 14, 16. And I did have size 10 feet. And I now have size 8 feet. 
Th this actually, Bone, was I remember seeing you put a post out about that, and it is nobody thinks about that as a place of weight loss. No, but also I think the pressure that was on them all those years started to come off, and so they kind of shrunk. That's um, uh, yeah, just not a place. So if you want some nice, if you've got size ten feet, any guys out there want some nice pink trainers? <laughs> <laughs> Or some lovely sandals, Converse, you know. <laughs> one one lady owner. <laughs> one careful lady low, owner. <laughs> low mileage. <laughs> I mean, the heels have got barely any mileage. Knock yourself out. I wear them once. <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody got a, uh, a drag night out coming up, nobody's got a night yeah. out coming up. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, yeah. I had big feet. That's it's true what they say. Is that... <laughs> uh, I am a big penis. <laughs> you're coming out of your shell now, aren't you? <laughs> this is the real one. It takes me a little while. You know you're talking about Tom York being an introvert but extrovert. I am quite introverted. A lot of people don't realise that because I can seem so out there. With But when I'm passionate about something, I will. But I am, as people who've spent time with me will, will say... I am quite introverted, but once I start to relax, I'm a bit, yeah, I'm a bit naughty. <laughs> Talk to me about strong women, then. Because oh my god, is, what a sport! It's, um, yeah, I know that. Like just the way you lit up there, um, and I think there's a lot of the time just women that lift in general is demonized is the wrong word but it's not and, and it's getting a lot better now the amount of women in the weightlifting areas and um you know and the uh, empowerment that it comes from it is uh, it's amazing um, and i've spoken to everybody who's been on the podcast has almost reiterated the thing about the james smith academy is giving them that that they feel that they can move into the free weights area and they feel strong and yeah you know, it gives them yeah. so much more but you've taken it to another level so you said that the PT had said to you, oh, my God, you, you're strong. Yeah. Um, and then you've met, you've, your, your friend introduced you to British Strongest Woman. World Andrea Strongest Woman. Yes, yeah, so, so Andrea Thompson. So she just got this year, she's got three world records. So she got the elephant bar deadlift back in February. Um, in July, she got the women's log overhead lift world record at 135 kilos. I know. Um, and then <laughs> she's very strong. <laughs> um, good person to know if you get pissed up on a night out, she'll carry you home. Um, <laughs> and then she just in September, October time, got another world record for the women's deadlift. She was going for 300 kilos, but she hit just under 290 something. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. I mean... Straight bar deadlift. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, you you've given me the advice before about using the hex bar, and I find the hex bar much easier. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're very high. tall, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like mine's like two ten, and I'm yeah. six foot eight, and she's yeah. pulling three hundred kilograms. It, she can, She has done three hundred. She didn't for the world record. She did just under, but she, it'll come. So. Um, and she wasn't suited. So when the boys did their world records, they were wearing special suits, the deadlifting suits. 
she didn't have one on. So imagine what she could do if she wore a deadlift suit. What's, so what's the advantage of wearing a suit then? They give you, so obviously you see people wear belts and stuff when they lift, yeah. which just gives you that bit more strength um, in bracing. So um, I don't wear a belt yet. Um, it's something I've been quite passionate about because with my bone issues, I've had a lot of spinal issues and I was really keen to build enough muscle to support my spine so that I could lift heavy. Um, and obviously, if you're lifting correctly, you shouldn't be engaging your spine in that way anyway. Um, so I haven't yet hit the belt, but we're kind of getting towards the end where I'm starting to think, well, if I had one on, how much more could I get? But a suit, it literally puts pressure on you in places that just gives you that bit more explosive power to get it off the floor. Okay. And, uh... You have to be specially fitted for them and you have to train in them to get used to how it makes your body work as well. Okay. Yeah. And, um... Yeah. So what's what's been your journey in there? What like has it been? Yeah, you know, massive. It's, it's been and... so much fun. I, I love it so much. So um, when I first started lifting, and we were in the gym, and they were just trying to get me to do some lifts as part of my fat loss, so part of my resistance training, they were loading the bar, and obviously you go on a rate of perceived exertion. So on a scale of one to ten, how heavy is this? Um, and they loaded it up with sort of forty, and I was like. 50, pick it up, 60, just pick it up. And that was when they started going, this is not normal. <laughs> so um, when I first started deadlifting, I was sort of getting towards the 100 kilo mark. Um, and the gym I train in isn't a strongman gym, so we don't have any of the strong equipment. Um, but I knew I wanted to compete. So um, MJ and I worked towards me being strong enough and having the mechanics to do all the lifts that I needed to do for my first competition. Um, so I went last year, um, having never picked up a, a log, having never used an axle bar, having never used um, a yoke um, or farmer's carry handles. Um, the most I'd carried in each hand was 30 kilos. And on the day, um, farmer's carry was actually my best event. So I did 60 kilos per hand um over a distance of 40 meters um and just the yoke i did 160 kilos over 40 meters um it's just it's such a good feeling i mean lifting itself is good for women particularly of my age because obviously as we go towards menopause um because although i look 12 this is what not having children does for your skin you don't need any face creams look i look 12 <laughs> but um, as you go into your 40s, obviously you head towards menopause and osteoporosis is a risk. So, you know, lifting increases, it helps, you know, it gives you strong bones, it increases bone density. That's another reason it's good for me um, with my bone disease. Um, it's just there's no, there's no other feeling. You walk into a gym and just pick something up and do it well. Um, it, you just can't beat it at all. So... Over the year, my deadlift has progressed. So my initial deadlifts would have been about 80, 90 kilos. Um, I lasted my one rep max in October. We're due to test it again, not this week coming, but the week after. Um, but we last tested it at 140, um, which is good because I'm now well over my body weight, which is good for my deadlift. Yeah, they say that that's the good reference you should be able to... What is it, lift, press and squat your body weight, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So I can, I can. my press uh, is going to take a little bit further to go, um, but I can bench press 60 kilos now. Um, 
and we haven't tested one rep max on that for a while and my squat still sits at 105 so but I have issues with my hips and my bones so I have to be a bit more careful um, and I've been working on so I have a metal plate in my neck which means I hold the bar a bit higher than I would like so we've been working on progressing that down my back as well um, and getting the depth in there so because that's all about my mobility isn't it more than yeah yeah, yeah. mobility is really important squat because i can't put my shoulders back far enough it sits yeah away. getting this yeah yeah i mean in strong women we don't do a squat as a as isn't one of the things we do we do lots of different stuff obviously the deadlift is a key lift and overhead press is a key lift so that's something i work on quite regularly um so i use a log to overhead press at home um, and I need to be able to get 40 kilos up on that for competition. So just take it as it goes. I love it though. Like I could do it all day, every day. <laughs> and when in the summer, when we could all get together again, um, like a few JSA people did come over and stay for a weekend or whatever. And every time we had a mini strongman competition, it was the best. <laughs> it was, it's the, the event that is on the TV at, at New Year's, isn't it? And... I, I watched it all. I watched like back to Jeff Cape's days every year. And I would Those were the days. TV, you know, when we only had three channels or four channels. It's, um, but I watched the, the, that's the ones I watched. And at, at my height and size, I keep thinking maybe that's something I should have done. It's never there's too late. Gym, there's another gym that I'm put, well, I've sort of half joined. And they put up a video of the yesterday of they've finally got some Atlas stones in. And I was like, oh, that's maybe I should go and try. And, yeah. You know, yeah. So Start with the D balls because they're nice and soft. And then you can get used to lifting the weight and then head, head over to the Atlas stones. There's no better feeling chucking something that big over your shoulder. It's quite something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but that it is just, yeah, and it was always world's strongest man. Yes. And it's yep. That, you know, to hear about, and it's the same, you know, in boxing, I didn't, which is my true passion, women coming into boxing has been massive in the last, you know, two years. Yeah. Yeah. And to hear about it, you know, from a female stance of world's strongest woman. Or, you know, and to hear about your journey, that it's not just you know, you've come up from a place of being on your ass, you know, literally. Most of the women, most of the women who compete in World Strongest have got story behind them that's similar. Andrea came from being a mum who'd put on a bit too much weight over time, wanted to get fit, went to the gym to work out, and then they realised how strong she was, and then within a few years, she was World Strongest Woman. And they all have something, but we don't hear enough. I mean, we have this year more so, and the Strongman and um, the Arnold as well, they, they are putting more focus on the women because the imbalance has been noticed, but you still won't get World's Strongest Woman televised at this point. No. So it's, yeah, there is, there is a big imbalance, but it's starting to shift, starting to shift. Because um, there are some phenomenal women out there competing. Absolutely okay. phenomenal. Just hearing about you, know, you're where you are, to you know, three hundred kilograms deadlift. It's yeah, know, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what's your thought on things like wrist straps, um, 
you know, hooks, grip, tape, you know, um, liquid yep. shock. And what's the other stuff that the world's strongest men, men on? Women have gummy stuff. Yeah, they do now, yeah. So, oh, that's so, dusty, isn't it? Well, <laughs> I'm I mean, I know, I know. <laughs> I, I train in a gym where we don't even use chalk. Um, the gym owner likes to keep it really, really clean. And actually, it's really good for me in terms of discipline. It teaches me to kind of work hard. Um, but in competition, Christ, I'd lather myself up in that stuff. But the chalk is for grip. Obviously, it helps with because when you're sweaty, you know, and you're trying to pick something up and it's slipping, that's not particularly safe. The chalk will stop that. Um, gloves, I call them bitch mittens if I see people lifting in gloves. I get it. Some ladies like to keep their hands nice, but you cannot beat the calluses on your hands from lifting heavy. And obviously, over time, as they build up, they give you a better grip. So, like... I just can't do them. But grips, I do use grips. But my advice to people is, um, obviously, I only use them for the deadlift. Um, and that is when I hit the high weights. Um, or for me specifically, so I have days where my hands, they're not today now, but they were this morning, what I call sausage. So they swell up um, and therefore my grip isn't as strong. But I still want to be able to lift because that's important. So on those days, you may see me hitting the straps at, say, 90, 100 kilos. But other than that, I mean, in competition, we're not allowed to use them. So my first competition, I was so nervous because it was 110 kilo. Um, and with the deadlift for that, it was with an axle bar. So that's um, two inch. So it's a big, thick bar. Um, and you had to do max reps in a minute. And I was thinking, how am I going to keep hold of that? Thing? Yeah, because the size of the bar makes it harder because your grip's not as strong yeah so i use um so for anybody wanting to train grip for a bigger bar for, for strong stuff i use you can buy these rubber things on you can buy i think i got mine off amazon called um fat grips and you can actually put them around a standard bar and they make them more like an axle bar um because when we do like say the max rep, rep deadlifts in a strong woman you don't use a hook grip you couldn't if you tried you wouldn't be able to get it round so we actually use a more open grip so you almost like cut the hand and you actually cut the thumb under as well so it's very different grip um when using the axle bar and then you mix obviously you do one that way one that way um which obviously this is a podcast so no one's gonna be able to see what i just so did it is, on, it is on youtube as well so <laughs> well, that's all right then i listen to them i don't watch yeah, them that's so for anybody who's <laughs> listening not watching what i did was one hand was facing one way one was facing the other way but yeah, so there are like ways you can work on your grip and stuff, and it's mm. quite yeah. The I whole the technicality of it. I you broke, broke my your toe. Doing grip, yeah, doing grip strength training, um, plate plate grips. Yes. You hold, and I had two twenties oh, yeah. together, and it was just out over the top of my foot, and it felt it go in, and it felt it go in, and felt it go in. And I dropped it straight on my big toe, and uh, oh. the next day, and you know, I woke up on the gym floor from having passed out. Is that? Was, <sighs> I don't know why I passed out that, but it literally the adrenaline just flooded my body. And I just, yes, yeah, you would, uh, yeah. yeah. Broken toe from toe. So I won't do plate grips anymore. I've got a bit of a... No, they're quite, yeah, I don't do them very often. Um, um, but yeah, I tend to use the fat grips because I can. they're rubber and I can yeah. add them to a bar. You can add them to dumbbells and stuff as well. So people use them on dumbbells to build up their forearms and stuff. Yeah, because yeah, grips a lot there. about its forearm strength, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got... They're not very ladylike, my forearms now, because they are quite um, muscular. But um, I could grip you things. You could be proud of that, though. If you fell off a cliff, Alistair, I'd hold on to you and I wouldn't let go. 
I'm 135 kilograms, so That's you'd fine. probably be fine. I can lift yeah, you'd be fine. Yeah, I'd be just deadlifted back over the cliff. Come on. I'll just pick you up. Come on, what are you doing? I'll show you back there over the side. Brilliant. So, fine. Right, hang on. Bon, where yeah, are you? Where is she? <laughs> but I can't run that far, so don't do it when I'm far away because you'd be there for ages. <laughs> right. I've got my I've got my falling off a clip plan. So <laughs> yeah, just make sure you're ever going to do it within a close distance. Never go near the edge of a cliff if I'm not about. That's right. No, let's not it yourself. Where does where do um, you find that you know, so you've you've got this massive why of a motivation, um, you know that is maybe historical. Is that still what drives you? That that why of I've got to you know, maybe beat this illness, or I've got to because I think you've been driven by so many things. You know, what's driving you now? Yeah, I think it becomes like it almost second nature. Um, I think I never wanted. I I watched people over the years become defined by an illness. So you meet someone and you go, oh, do you know so and so? You know the one with this. And it's that that sums them up. And I don't want people to remember me for the fact I had some weird ass bone disease. I'd rather they were like, do you know Bon? She's that mad bird with the dogs and the, did this, did that. I'd rather someone said that than said the one with the bone disease. Um, so I think that does drive me quite a lot is that thing to kind of just have a good busy. I, I don't like to sit still. I think with the not being able to walk, I realize also how just in a heartbeat, life can change and in that time I didn't know if I was ever going to be able to do stuff again so I don't like to waste time now um mm. you know don't get me wrong there are times where I can quite happily sit still and do bugger all but when it comes to how I spend my time each day I want to do stuff um but I also want to it's good to have like aspirations things you're thinking about doing in the future even if they're not going to happen right now something to shoot for and to start planning ways to get there. My next thing is to buy a house in Finland because I love that country. But just, it's something that's in my head of, okay, but if I wanna do that, I've got to work hard. I've got to figure out how you can do that. Do I wanna live there all the time? Do I wanna live there and here? You know, like you just having things to think about is really important. Positive things to look towards. Mm. So have you got like a vision board then? Have you got, or is it just all in your head? Or It's in my head. I'd be terrible at doing vision boards. I'd be covered in rainbows and stuff and nobody would be able to see anything. <laughs> I was going to say the artist. I was going to say what you're, but you're an artist, <laughs> but then the artist would overtake. Oh my God, it'd be the worst thing ever. No, it'd just have pictures of um, puppies on with little notes to my husband about this is the next dog. And it, it would just, you know. How you many doing? dogs have you got? Five five dogs Any the fifth animals? one is an accident and um, yeah i've got the bastard cat the one that keeps doing horrible things to me oh yeah and then i've got another cat as well we did have five cats but some of them got old which is what happens when you've been together for a really long time so yeah. so there's nine of you um yeah plus Stephen. i include him and zeus i mean i pretty much think they're part of our household <laughs> turn up did he <laughs> I mean, obviously, Stephen is less able to just turn up at the moment because they just chopped his ankle about. But okay. Zeus will be here for what we're now calling Zeusmas and not Christmas. Um, 
<laughs> I know they come for the dogs and not for me as well. I'm not, you know, I'm under no illusion. You, just your duty to make sure they're fed and watered. It's this, it's this mothering instinct, see? I, it <laughs> just comes out in everything I do and I just end up mothering everyone. Um, so with Strong Women then, so hopefully we can, you can get an event next year. I've yes, yeah, so I was due to compete in Body Power um, this year, and that's been postponed till May next year. So May twenty twenty one, I will be competing in Body Power. Fingers crossed. Body Power is that the one at the NEC? Yes. Yep. And so, yeah. You might a little just bit nerve The JSA might just show up. The, yeah, there <laughs> were a few people due to go last time. I think it's like around about the fifteenth of somewhere around the middle of May, basically. Get your diaries on, um, kids. You're going. I think it is. Hang on, let me check the, the Come on. <laughs> it's got to be done, hasn't it? Yeah. Social. Where's my calendar? Mm. Right, hang on. May next year. It's near my birthday as well. That's what makes it so much fun. <laughs> it will be... Yeah, it is May the 14th and 15th. 14th, I compete. Body power, if you're listening. We are a bit of influencer money, please. <laughs> if not, we'll have hashtag not an ad. <laughs> hashtag not an ad. I do that with most <laughs> Um, so <laughs> your your new business venture then it's taking you yes. down this road you've gone full on you've got some wonderful match and i've you know we'll have to make a purchase now that i know that you have alistair size clothing i um, do what's um what's the business all about and yeah, so obviously I qualified in the British weightlifting and strength and conditioning. And one of the reasons I did that was because there are people like me who have long-term health conditions who want to tackle their health and fitness. Um, and sometimes having someone who understands that and has been through it can be quite helpful, um, you know, because you know what it can be like on the day-to-day. -day. Um, and I just kind of, yeah, wanted to work with people and help them to get past that and not feel like they're failing in life because they have a day where they're not as physically capable and you know just have someone who's there in their corner with a couple of pom-poms going come on you can do this and just be able to think about pro look like a lot of um having a long-term illness is adapting and overcoming so when it comes to programming i can look at it a bit differently and go okay well if you've got an issue with your knee ongoing then we need to do this and it's just being able to do it like that. So just supporting people to still be able to enjoy their fitness journey without feeling like they're failing at it. So, yeah. And it's all about the rainbows. All about the rainbows, but no yeah. purple in the rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> and no red, there's pink, not red in mine. I don't know why. I just like bright Because colours. it's your rainbow. That's why it is my rainbow. I own that one. Um, yeah and also so like also like I'm aware I need to still do silly daft stuff with it so obviously we've got this week I've been um in my stories about this sort of game show idea that someone put to me where we're just going to get poor people who are the contestants to do random daft stuff while exercising and hope they don't die <laughs> I hope your insurance policy covers random shit <laughs> yep <laughs> That was the first thing they said. What do you need? <laughs> they said, "What do you need coverage for?" And I said, "Random shit." And they went, "Yep, got the policy for you." <laughs> <laughs> um. So, from all all of your learnings, um, without giving away all your free business advice, 
as, um, <laughs> or all your business advice for free because some people are going to have to pay for that shit. Um, what's what's kind of your top tips? If I'm, I've not done anything. I'm I'm in a position I was before I started JSA. What would you be saying to me? Uh, same as James does with calorie deficit. It's, you know, th there's got to be your overarching thing is that you take control of how many calories you're eating. Um, but then with training, it's um, building that up. You know, not everybody can go and just do three times a week in the gym straight away. It's, it's building up to what works for you, but also finding an exercise you love because some people might not enjoy the gym. So it's finding what you enjoy um, and making it, you know, making it things that you love so they become part of your day-to-day. -day. So you want to go and do them rather than battle with them in your head. So, yeah. And um, if I'm in a place where, okay, I know all of that, so I know I need to, you know, be in a calorie deficit, I know I need to go to the gym, I just can't find the, the will to either do it or keep doing it. Because this is the it's a tough one. Bit. Yeah, this is where you have me in your ear. So, so the poor people who do my stuff will tell you. Um, those that do my programs, the monthly people get two or three emails a week from me, and they have videos of me talking to you, asking you how you're getting on. Do you need any help with anything? You can't escape me, basically. So for people who really struggle and do need that, I need I need a fitness mum. You know, I need someone who's going to go right. Come on, time for school. Off you go. Have you done this today? Have you done that today? That's, you know, and some people do need that because we're not all able to just get up and go with it. Some people do need that for a bit. But also that fitness mum will at some point go, all right, it's been a few months of me in your ear. You need to be doing this yourself now. So and it's just finding that balance to kind of gradually let go and then let them go out into the world. <laughs> <laughs> you just you've just reminded me of something I heard. I can't tell you where I heard it. So I can't give any credit to who I heard it from. But we grow up with bedtime, dinner time, school time. Everything is a time. Yep. And then we become adults and suddenly no longer anything has a time. Or we sometimes the, you know, the odd thing does, but lots of things don't. And if we add that back into our lives, things can be easier. Oh, routine. So obviously I was talking to you before, my husband has Asperger's. So routine is a really important part of our life. Um, part of his routine is making me breakfast in the morning because I'm a clever wife of an Asperger's. <laughs> <laughs> I work that stuff. So, but it is routine. We thrive on routine, really. It's why we, we grow so much as children, but then as adults can flounder because actually we need to find ourselves routine so part of being more bond really is, I think I did a post about it today, about being organised. You know, you make time for stuff. You make sure that you set yourself a routine because once you do that, it becomes the habit and then it's non-negotiable really. And the important things like sleep, you know, and I, I don't watch as much TV as other people. People can ask me about programmes that are on. I have no idea because I will literally pick something I want to watch and watch that when I want to watch it. But but we seem to be in a society where when we've had our dinner, we sit down and we watch TV. 
but actually we can switch off in other ways and it doesn't have to be that sat in front of the TV. I think I did a, I did a blog several years ago through my art and stuff about how much extra time you could have each week if you didn't watch. I think the average human watches something ridiculous like 30 odd hours of TV a week. And when you think about that, that's a lot of hours you could be doing something else. Because even if you just went to the gym three times a week, that's three hours. Yeah. And it's just it's just being brave enough to go, okay, I'm an adult, but I need to look at this from almost a childlike perspective of what does my routine need to be? Well, I find that I stopped watching TV when I started tra training for a triathlon. Yeah. Because yeah. It's 20, it was 20 hours a week plus commuting to and from the gym. So it was probably my 30 hours. And yeah. it's all of a sudden... Having Having a goal to work towards, whether it be something big or small, it could just be that, all right, by the end of the month, I want to have done this. But that will give you, because goals are great, but it's the bit in between, which was part of a post I did yesterday, I think. I keep posting about these things. You'd think it was part of what I do. Um, <laughs> is, is about that strategy you have and how you execute that. That is what gets you going, is those bits along the way. It's not the goal itself. It's the stuff you do to reach that point. And that can be applied to any part of your life, really. You know, you know, with your accountability stuff, you're holding people accountable for decisions they're making, goals they're setting themselves, you know. And it's Absolutely. a huge part of, of life as an adult is actually setting goals and being accountable for them and pushing yourself to do them. And I always say to people, don't focus on how you feel right now. Focus on how you're going to feel when you're in doing it and how it will feel to be doing it and to know you're doing it and you've taken that step because that's... That's so important. Absolutely. And I think for me, when I lost weight, the one thing I never thought would feel like a win was people's reaction. Yeah. When they, you know, people you don't maybe necessarily see all that often, um, all of a sudden they're like, you look amazing. And you yeah. don't even think that you're going to hear that. And you are. Yeah. And it can yeah. be quite. Yeah be quite humbling it can be a bit like oh god what you know you never said anything to me previously um and i remember saying to somebody actually i said i, I think i must have heard it too often there'd been too much praise <laughs> but I, I sort of was like nobody said to me you're overweight mate no nobody no, said to me you've lost weight yeah actually i needed you more when i was overweight see so i was quite I was quite lucky because my husband having Asperger's means he says it like it is. And he actually sent me an email because um, that's how he communicates with me on these matters um, saying, I like you a lot and I'd like you to be around as long as I am. So I really need you to get fit and healthy. So essentially you're fat. Come on. But someone being brave enough to say that makes a big difference to like, but we only ever hear it the other side when we've lost the weight. And that's why mentally we think that's the only way we can be happy mm -hmm. because that's when people but actually it should just be about loving yourself enough to do something for yourself yeah and, and the weight loss is just a lovely benefit of that i mean i'm cursing weight loss this year because i am freezing cold i agree so cold. <laughs> i agree i said i've i go out for my walk and i'm doing my little video or whatever and then i look back at the camera i'm like you've got three jackets on you're six foot eight. What's wrong with my dad would be cursing me. You know, my dad's a man from Scotland and he calls me, you know, Southern Softy. You know, and he'll say to me, oh, are you a man or a mouse? And I was like, I've got I three jackets. I'm, I'm, I'm a man. I'm adult. I've got three jackets on. 
Because yeah. I think it's because the temperature change. Once I get used to being lighter, yes, yeah. you know, but this is the first year I've really had to do. I know. I was happy in the summer because it was the first summer ever where I haven't had lots of um, skin sores from being hot and having it like rub and things like that. And that was amazing. And I wasn't over hot in the summer, but now it's winter. I'm like, give me a bag of donuts. I need to reverse this. No, no one. No, no. no. Although MJ did say, yeah, 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 you know my score. Calories don't count in the month of Christmas. I'm like, MJ, don't be an arsehole. I'm not undoing all of that. Yeah, it's <laughs> really. He knew if he said to you, if he gave you permission, you'd be like, no, I don't want it. He, yeah, I'm too far. I couldn't go back now. It would like really upset me to go back. And I think that's a lot of people don't realize if you take the long, slow route, which which works and which lasts for good, you will reach a point where you will not want to go backwards. So you will just continue no matter what, because mm. it just is so ingrained in what you do. Um, which is why it works for the long term because it just becomes, you know, part of your life. Yeah, I agree. And I said it last night because um, I'm racking up the podcast this week, um, <laughs> trying to get my year finished with them. Um, that, and I think I said it to Coops, but I didn't put on, like you said, you put on 13 stone over that, that time, that long time period. You know, I put that weight on over 10, 15 years, whatever it was. Yeah. I can't expect it to come off any quicker than that. If it does, it's a bonus. But yeah. I can't expect yeah. it to come off. No. You know, so when I'm 50, no. I'll look as good as I was when I was 18. That's yeah, I'm going to look Yeah, I'm gonna look amazing in my 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm quite excited about that. Oh, you look amazing like, right now. Oh, so. Single, <laughs> you're not <laughs> trade him in. It's been tired. That's 25 years. His life isn't. <laughs> <Joking>. <laughs> I just get beaten up. No, no. Thank you. It's very nice. I'm learning to take a compliment. Um, it's um Gemma and I have um we message each other most days, and one of us will tell the other that we're amazing and beautiful. The other one will say no, I'm not, and then the other one will say you are, and you need to listen to that, and then we say the same thing to each other. Um, people we just can't take compliments can we no but we need people in a corner yes you do and that's that's a big part of anybody's journey is and it was one of the things that fell in place was just having people in your corner who are just there and who get it because they're in the same boat because you will get people along the way who you may have known for years who won't get it and it isn't that you're doing anything wrong. Often it's that you're challenging them because they wish they could have the balls to go out there and do it and to do it the low, long, hard way. But they don't. So they will be negative towards you. And that's perfectly OK. Just let them go. You know, just leave them to get on with it. But finding a group of people who are on the same path doesn't have to be the mates you've had for years. It can be other people. Um, and, and, you know, in JSA, you do find that. And then you can't get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> no friends for life. Um, they are. Bon, it's been amazing talking to you. It's been lovely um, talking to you. If anything, I'm inspired to go out and keep going. Do. And Sam, um, you know, I've been, you, you know when you're inspired, when your head's buzzing with loads of ideas about what you could do awesome i love and, hearing um, that and that is that's where my head is right now and i want i just want to go and get started 
Amazing. Um, even though I've started. So it feels like, I'm, like <laughs> yeah, I've been reset. That's what my brain is like all the time. I'm like, right, what can we do next? It's a, it's a great yeah, way to be. It's exciting, isn't it? And yeah, it's, I think it's such a powerful you know, episode, this one, for you know, just anybody who's listening that, you know, this is a lady who has you know, grown up in an isolated environment found herself as an adult battled through the lowest points that any of us could feel like we were ever in come out the other side and walks around with a smile on her face hoping to impact other people and that is be more bond so um, bond i'll be watching closely i'll be watching you closely now you tell me your idea Um, and people can find you at Be More Bon. Is they that can, the yes. On yeah, Be More Bon on Instagram and Facebook. Okay. Wherever there's a rainbow, and so wherever there's a rainbow, you will find a pot of gold. Is that? And it is like finding a <laughs> pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. <laughs> oh, so, um, thank you. but yeah, thank you for your time, Bon. Um, no, thank you. I look forward to. Uh, Turning Channel Five on one day and you being on it. <laughs> That's <laughs> what dreams are made of, eh? Channel Five. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you to all of the listeners. Um, like I said, it's a bit of a mad week. We're back tomorrow night live on Facebook with Twelve Weeks of Christmas with some of the gang. Um. Who else have I got coming? Uh, Andrew Davis, coach. That's uh, another yeah. one. Um, Lucy Lord, I'm coming for you. Um, she doesn't know about it yet, but I've decided. So it tends to happen. Lucy's amazing. Um, and then we've got some other people coming next week. So I haven't done the numbers, but I think we might be at 10,000 listens. So, which is, uh, you know, so yeah, I'm just trying to uh, keep going. I love doing it got to start planning for next year now so i need to know where am i who am i you know headhunting and where do i need to go so drop us a message and we'll be in touch thank you very much and we'll speak to you tomorrow night salisbury make sure you fucking like this share it not a charity down nine quid a month because you bastards so get get this out there get this on the stories and if you enjoyed it If you haven't hit like, hit like already. If you haven't hit share, hit share. (laughs) There you go.